Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, June the 4th. And today we're going to be chatting with our friend uh, Alan Wall, an old friend of our show, old, a new friend of the video cast, an old friend of, of the podcast. How are you, Alan? Great to see you. Fine. Thank you. I, I noticed the last time I was on your show was in January, so it's great to be on again. Well, at least at that pace, I guess we'll have you back in October then. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. You know, we'll try to, we'll try to, we'll try to get back. But you may remember this. The first time we ever did a podcast was 2007. Oh, wow. That one goes back a while. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll try to find you that one and send it to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I was still living in Mexico. Yeah. Living in Mexico and. We were talking, I mean, at the time, it was Bush up here and uh, Calderon well, yes. was down there. So just to show you how things things have changed. Well, a couple of topics uh, tonight that I want to get into. I want to talk about Mexico and Lopez Obrador. Uh, there was an election in Mexico today. We'll talk about that. But I want to begin with Spain, But because you just got back from Spain. Uh, but before we do, Alan, just give us a little a little biography as you like to do just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you publish and where people can read your your works yes well i as we said before i i I lived in mexico many years and i got interested in well a lot of things that were happening including uh the way immigration is uh seen in mexico and other issues too you know it's a very interesting country a lot of things going on and I, now I live in the United States, but I I have a website called uh, AlanWall.info, and I park my articles, which are published on different websites. And that way, you know, if someone wants to find anything that I did, they can they can find it there. Yeah, because you write about a lot of things. Uh, you're a very interesting interesting guy. You you know, you write about lots of different issues. So you've got a place. Where all of your your posts are are posted, uh, AlanWall dot info. Always took me a while to get used to that dot info, right? You know, because uh, we're so used to dot com or dot net. Right. I guess is the yes. other one. Yes. Yes. So dot uh, info is is the one that always took me a while to. Uh, how do you get something dot info? Is that something you have to request? I'm just curious. How do you yes. get dot info? Right. Right. When I got it, to, you know, set up. That's what I. For some reason, I. Pick that, and remember the old mixadata dot. Yes, I guess I that's just, where I got the idea. In fact, um, that's exactly right. I was just going to mention that because theirs was mixadata dot info, and, right. and that was the first time I had ever seen that. Yes, it's not uh, very and, common. Yeah, so I, I just uh, 
I guess I, I, I got stuck with the dot com. Haven't uh, outgrown dot com uh, yet. Well, that's so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they have plenty of room in dot com for 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 people. I, I don't think they're going to run out of space in dot com. Are they? Oh no, I don't think so. Just... I don't think so. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, you just got back from a trip to Spain, and they had some elections in Spain a week ago, or two weeks ago. And even though they were not general elections, they were more regional elections, sort of like our governors. And and I, I think there was also an election in Madrid. And the the right or the center right parties did fairly well. And I posted something about this because I got some feedback from a friend in, in Spain as to why he thought that the right had done well. But what was your impression of the elections in Spain? Well, I mean, it looks like now the right is very excited because it's, it's looking like, uh, you know, the president called snap elections for late July. So they're thinking uh, with the, the big right wing party and then the smaller Vox party, they could form a majority and, you know, form the government. And they're very optimistic now. Of course, it's yeah. not over, you know. Uh, a lot could happen between now and, and July 23rd, but it's, it looks good for the right in Spain. Right. And I was talking to a friend who lives in Madrid, and you know, in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, he voted for the right candidates. I mean, he voted for the, the center-right party. But I asked him, you know, why do you think they did well? He cited some examples that were interesting because we're seeing this in, uh, in Italy. We're seeing it yeah. in Germany. And I think you're going to see it in Canada when, when there's elections up there. And there, there seems to be a rebellion in the middle class against the administrative state. Not, not, the, not the policies, but the, the feeling that the administrative state is sort of running things without the consent of the governed, of the people. I mean, you've got agencies like we do here, you know, the EPA going crazy. And the, he mentioned that. He also mentioned that, that all of this talk about transgenders and stuff like that has sort of disconnected the left from working people. Uh, that there's, there's just like a cultural uh, difference there uh, that uh, they lose a lot when they, they're talking to working people. He also mentioned something about climate change. He says that climate change has gone from being a... Uh, something that we all want, I mean, we all want clean air, to almost like a religion with the yes. left. And, and so he mentioned a lot of these things, kind of put them all together, and it makes sense to me that that, that those are the driving factors uh, in Spain. I don't know if you picked up on anything like that. I think there's a lot to that in, in Spain and, and many countries. And uh, like we had this, when I was, we were in March in Madrid, and we had this taxi driver, and and he was really laying into the the socialist government there, and I'm I'm sure he didn't vote for him. And uh, and the, the right is really uh, really optimistic and is looking pretty good in this. Uh, well, the Vox Party, I, I've written about them on on Vider several times. They they broke off from the Partido Popular about ten years ago, but they're working together with them too because they're going to make a you know, join them in a government, they are willing to do that so they could, depending on how things go, of course, uh, some people think that the, 
the left is going to try to portray Vox, you know, as like far right fascist types and and try to try to win the election that way. So we'll we'll see, you know, in the next within the next two months how how that all goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, nothing is guaranteed, but you got to like their chances, I guess, given yes uh, this election. And again, these were. These were provincial or gubernatorial type elections. They were not national elections, but they did well. They did well in in some of the in some of the states. One, let, let me get back to the point I was making about the administrative state. We saw something like that up here, where the Supreme Court came down very hard on the EPA, saying, "No, you you know you were not authorized by Congress to do that." Yeah. And 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 I think that we're you know in. In Europe, I think you're starting to see a certain rebellion against the European Union, the sense that they have way too much influence on the sovereignty of, of different countries. And something I've heard, I don't know if you picked this up when you were in Spain, but something I heard was that a lot of Spanish people would love to go back to the days of la peseta, you know, the currency that they used to have, because that way it's a heck of a lot easier to attract a visitor like you or to export because they can manipulate right. their currency a little bit better. So I heard that. I don't know if you've heard that. No, that all makes sense too. Yeah. I didn't particularly hear that, but yeah, that I think I've read a lot of those Southern European countries, they would like to have more flexible currency and why not? You know, it's, it's their country that way. Every country could manage its own currency. The problem with the European union has just become too big and too, too controlling. Right. No, I agree. It's just uh, too bureaucratic. I mean, and it's yes. just, but I, I know that in the case of Spain, two of the things that Spain has always depended on are exports and uh, tourism, like yes. you visited Spain. And when when they had their own currency, their own peseta or Italy, the lira or Portugal, whatever they had, I don't remember, or Greece, whatever they had, they could control their they're, by manipulating their currency, they could keep their exports cheaper, and they could also make the, the country cheaper for tourism. Yeah. And for a country like Spain, that matters a heck of a lot. Maybe not so much for France or Germany or, or the UK, but for a country like Spain, it matters a lot. So I think maybe there's a little bit of that resentment in the population against this European Union that seems to, seems to be doing everything but uniting people, Alan. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's go down to Mexico. Let's go down to Mexico. You're right. We'll have to keep an eye on uh, on the elections coming up, I guess, in June, and or not June, but in a couple of months. Yeah, J in, July 23rd, yeah. Well, down in Mexico, we have a very interesting uh, interesting case. I, you know, I follow a lot of what's happening in Mexico. Now that Mexidata is no longer publishing, I've kind of become very interested in, in that other website, Pulse News Mexico. And I, I check that uh, just about every day to see stories coming from from uh, Mexico. And they are doing a lot of reporting on Lopez Obrador and, and what's going on with him. But before we get to Lopez Obrador, they just had a big election today in the state of Mexico. And his candidate won by apparently 10 points. So that's a huge victory for him. The state of Mexico, as you know, is the biggest state in in mexico and you know peña nieto used to be a governor of of the state of mexico so whoever runs that state 
becomes presidential all of a sudden, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, and before that election, I read a, a story talking about how basically the pre, you know, if, if, if they can't win it, which they didn't, it's it's really like another nail in the coffin that the pre is uh you know declining and it and it could just you know not become a non national I think we just lost Alan for a second there. I think the connection there we get you back, Alan. Let's see. Uh let's try again. Yeah, I he... think... I, I I can hear you, but I cannot see you. You can't so, see me. Yeah, just keep trying on that. But uh, maybe AMLO was cutting us off or something. Yeah, as long as I can hear you, at least I can hear you. But well, uh, I don't know what to do here. Well, uh, well, let's see. Uh, I, you may have a button there that says video, or 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 uh, there should be a, a video button there. Okay, I'm see. looking. I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, find it. Okay, well let's just keep going. Anyway. we'll keep going, and and you know we'll we'll we we cannot see you, but we can hear you. And if we can hear you, that's okay. Uh, here, okay. I oh, found there the you are. You found the button. There's it's always a button. Something else, but I figured it out. Yeah, but you know something about these machines. There's always a button. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know, know what's going to happen. All yeah, time. that's right. So it, it, there's always a button that bails you out. It's, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying right before uh, technology interrupted us, you were saying that the pre could very well uh, disappear. And actually, that might not be bad. For the yeah, we've got too many parties as it is. What, what does it really stand for anymore anyway? Well, that's so it. That and I, would be better. It, it burned a lot of bridges over the years. And I, my impression is that the young people don't like the pre, that right. they, they associate the pre with a lot of corruption, right or wrong, but they do. So maybe uh, a different party would would help. Uh, but but anyway, they do have a, a governor elect in the state of Mexico. It's a lady uh, who I guess is very closely associated with Lopez Obrador. Yes. So we'll see. We'll That's see where it goes right. from there. Now, let's talk about Lopez Obrador himself. He's become, you know, he's outspoken, very author authoritarian. He recently told, uh, I think you wrote about this too. He, he recently told Mexicans in the United States not to vote for DeSantis, I guess. Uh, DeSantis is anti-immigrant. I didn't know that. But he is, I guess, according to Lopez Obrador. Uh, he got into a fight with Peru. I mean, this yep. guy seems to be doing everything but running the country, uh, Alan. And, and it, and you notice as he nears the end of his term, which would be next year, he seems to be just going off the rails more and more. And like you say, authoritarian is just his personality to it, and the way he talks about opposition party, way he talks about reporters, way he talks basically about anyone who disagrees with him or questions him. And like if you ever watch or read the scripts of those uh, morning press conferences. Man, he, he'll just go on and on rant. And, and of course, I suppose he, he strictly controls who gets into those press conferences. He doesn't want anybody that's going to cause him a lot of trouble. But it's just amazing. He'll just go off on a tangent. They're kind of entertaining in a way. But the guy is really seems to be losing it. I don't know. 
Well, he's he likes the publicity. Oh, no, no question yeah, about that. Yeah. He loves the publicity. He loves the limelight. And there's a little bit of Trump in him in that sense. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a sense that he likes, you know, to be, uh, uh, you know, on, on stage, you know. Uh, and so it, there's a little bit of Trump in, in that sense. But it, it is troubling, though, what he's trying to do to the Supreme Court. Because, oh, yes. in my opinion, the Supreme Court may very well be the firewall to to, to keep Mexico from turning into a dictatorship, uh, uh, something like Venezuela or, or Nicaragua. And, and the Supreme Court is the firewall, but, man, he's going after them, accusing them. I, I, I think he even said that the Supreme Court had engaged in some kind of a coup, or a coup against yeah. them. I mean, it's pretty crazy, Alan. Yes, it is. You're right, because, you know, Congress can't be a counterweight because it his party controls it. So what is left except for the Supreme Court? And it's interesting that in recent years, the Supreme Court of Mexico has, you know, begun to exercise its powers more. And, and like up in this Maya train, you know, courts are actually uh, slowing him down on this Maya train. It really infuriating, though. He, he very, he's infuriated when anyone opposes him. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and, and that's his author, authoritarian tendency. But the problem with people like that is, especially him, that he, he knows how to play the game with uh, his followers. Oh, yes. And his they followers keep – so, yeah, yeah. They, they do. You've just seen this election in, in Estado de Mexico. I mean, that's a big election that he, he – I'm sure he'll be uh, taking credit for that. But – Last night, last night, we had a, a social event that we went to, and the lady who was sitting with us uh, is a lady from Mexico, and she was, you know, we talked a little bit about these elections in, in Estado de Mexico, and she didn't have a lot of nice things to say about the Morena candidate in this election, but she had a lot of good things to say about the Supreme Court. That the Supreme Court, apparently people in Mexico see the Supreme Court as a very legitimate organization, very an organization of integrity. So I don't know if it's going to backfire for Lopez Obrador to, to, to attack like this, but Mexico's institutions are so weak that it doesn't take a lot to, you know, pretty much turn it into a de facto dictatorship, Alan. Right, right. Yeah, it's very troubling. When you look at Venezuela, for example, you know, we discussed what happened there. You know, they had a, a total system there. You know, they had democratic system and then they just get taken over. And and I understand there's a there's somebody from Venezuela who worked for the Venezuelan government in the education department that is now in the education department of Mexico pushing the same ideas so that's that's very concerning also right and the you know the the teachers union in mexico has always been oh yes know, very associated with the left anyway right, so it, right. it wouldn't take uh, a lot but i just you know what what concerns me i guess also about lopez obrador there was a, a story that came out in in uh, pulse news mexico one of the ladies there wrote uh, a story uh about Lopez Obrador admitting that the Chinese were bringing, you know, fentanyl or at least the components to make fentanyl into the country 
And this could really turn into a difficult situation if either DeSantis or Trump is elected in 2024. I think this relationship with Mexico could get very difficult. Now, they're going to have a new president also in 2024. But if if the next president of Mexico follows the same line as as Lopez Obrador with respect to the border and, and simply saying, hey, it's not our problem that you guys consume all that fentanyl. I think that could really be a, cra- a clash between the two countries, Alan. Yes, yes. Yeah, depending on who's in. and Because the Morena party looks really strong. There are several possible strong candidates. And unfortunately... I don't see any great uh, opposition. Maybe somebody will emerge, but you don't see opposition parties really making a good case of why this is this what the government's doing is bad. The the pawn party, they ought to be on front row on this, but they seem to have lost uh, their leadership. Yeah, it is kind of ironic with Pan because I remember when we first chatted years ago that it was the pawn who, who broke the streak of the pre. Yes. With Vicente Fox and then Calderon. Right. And I thought Calderon acted correctly against the cartels when he took them on directly. But I don't see that, that same kind of energy with Lopez Obrador. You know, I don't, it's hard for me to believe that he doesn't see the threat of these cartels to the sovereignty of Mexico. I mean, these cartels are very powerful, Alan. Look, look what yes, they're doing yes. in Cancun uh, right. with these shootings. I mean, that, that can scare a lot of Americans very quickly, Alan. Right. That, that could ruin their, the, the tourism industry. It doesn't take a lot. You know, it just right. takes a few stories uh, to do that. What are you hearing about the, the Mexican economy in general? Uh, you know, the peso is, has gotten stronger over the last few months is, is just by judging by the exchange rate. Um, what are you hearing? I mean, is Lopez Obrador, is the economy a factor, you think, in, in his administration at all? Alan? I, well, I think he's not really interested in it. You know, sometimes the economy is going to go up or down regardless of what the the government does, but I don't think he's really that interested in it especially right now with all these other things that he's, he's trying to do, you know, with yeah. the Maya train and everything. <laughs> this Maya train is, 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 it's a crazy story. I mean, why is it so important to him? I, I, I don't understand why the Maya train is so important to Mexico. Maybe I'm right. missing something, Alan. Well, they already have highways all over the, the <laughs> peninsula. Right. So right. tourists can get around, but he—he's just—it's kind of like that airport thing. Mm. He just was determined, and he just didn't care what anybody else said. It became kind of like his baby, right? The, his yeah, baby, yeah. You know, the, but you're right. I mean, Mexico has a a very good infrastructure as far as roads. Oh yeah. As yes. far as airports, I mean, if you're a tourist, you can get around Mexico very easily. So right. exactly yeah. what the Maya train does, I, I don't know. He also, he's been involved in, recently, in some uh, expropriation of railroads. Have you you heard about that? Yes. Again, why would he do that? That makes no sense to me. No, Uh, it doesn't. But, you know, he's exercising his power, like we said, you know. He's uh, showing what he can do. 
Well, the other thing too, Alan, that that just to me this is almost it's it's funny actually. It's actually a funny story, but it's not funny. And that is this battle that he has with Peru. Oh I yeah, mean, it's like this is crazy. Why would yeah. the president of Mexico even get even get involved in a Peruvian right. matter? Look, I don't know everything that went on in Peru. They replaced the president, substituted that. I guess they impeached the president. They replaced him. And I don't know enough about it to to say anything other than, you know, I, I don't know. But it's Peruvian business. I mean, why right. is Mexico, of all countries, sticking its nose in the business of Peru, Alan? You know, following Mexico as much as you have, how how sensitive Mexican presidents have been about getting involved in any other country, Alan. Right. And, well, I think for one thing, he sees that, and he he does not like to see a president getting, you know, removed by Congress. Not that there's much possibility of that happening in Mexico, but just on principle, I don't think he likes that idea. Yeah. No, I think you're right, especially a president uh, from his side of the... Right, a leftist president. uh, Yeah, leftist president. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Let me leave you or, or bring up one last point tonight. Uh, this is more about American politics, but it has to do with immigration. Uh, did you hear Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is obviously the son of the late senator um, and who's running for president? He made some remarks today that were pretty remarkable, remarkable about immigration reform. He basically said, you have to secure the border first before you can convince the American people that we need immigration reform. I think that's an amazing departure from the Biden policy, Alan. Well, yeah, yeah. And and he uh, he's mentioned it before because obviously the Biden administration, they're, they're not trying to secure the border in no. any way that we would recognize at least, you know. No, and, and I heard today that, you know, some, some of the people who are coming over, who are crossing over and getting these tickets to see a judge, some of them have to wait like five or six years. Oh, yeah. It's just, they just want to get in the country. They, they figure they won't be deported, and they're probably right. But what are they going to do for five or six years? I mean, I guess they can get work in the sense that there's right. always going to be uh, an underground market. Yeah. Uh, or some, you know. But what if they get sick? Where are they going to go? Well, probably the emergency room. The emergency room, right. And who pays for that? Well, yeah, the taxpayer. I mean, that's the problem. And you look at what's happening in New York. Look what's happening in Chicago. In Chicago, I don't know if you saw the story, in a recent city council meeting, a bunch of the locals got up and really gave it to the mayor about bringing in people uh, from the border. And in New York, I mean, the mayor of New York probably wishes he had never been elected. Because yeah. he's catching all kinds of heat from right. the locals about that. So uh, it, it's it's such a, you know, Alan, to me, I'll, I'll just say one last thing. And this whole immigration, this whole border issue, it's such a, such a dereliction of duty. I don't know how else to say it, Alan. Right, right. And they're, they're breaking the law. Just it, It's against the law what they're doing, but the executive just can get away with it because – he doesn't even have to change a law, does he? He just doesn't enforce the law. It has the same effect. Right. No, and, and the problem is that if you impeach him over that, 
I think that would be that would distract the Congress to such an extent when I actually think they have more important things to do. Not yeah. not that violating the border is that important, but I'm just saying they have so many other things to do that if you impeach them, you're never going to remove them. And so it's just yeah, going to turn right. into a big circus, as we right. saw with with Trump. Well, Alan, anything else that you wanted to add? I know we had a lot of points tonight. Anything else that oh, well, you wanted uh, to add uh, about let me Mexico say that or anything? My, my, my Spain trip, it was great. And, you know, I would say everybody who's uh, from a Spanish-speaking country uh, or a Hispanic origin or has lived in a Spanish-speaking country, they, you got to go, if you can, visit Spain. Because I, I really felt like, you know, there's a real link between Spain and Mexico there. You know, I really, I felt that, I sort of felt like I already, you know, belong there in a way. You know, you feel like you can identify with the people. If you're already, you know, the language has a lot to do with it. And it was, right. it was just a great, it was just a great trip. We had a great well, time. My sons well, and I went together. Yeah, no, I, I bet you had a great time. And, and, of course, I have a link to Spain. It's called my grandfather. Exactly, but, yes. So you that's, can go uh, where he, to his hometown, you know, and yeah, things like I that. Can, that. So that that's that one. His, my well, both of my parents have Spanish roots, but the one closest to uh, my grandfather came to Cuba in the 1920s from Spain, so about a hundred years ago. Right. And right. he and his brothers settled in Cuba, and they went on to to become very successful small businessmen. But all of that, of course, was expropriated by uh, the communists. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, wow. So, but, but yes, I mean, uh, I also heard something, too, that they really, in Spain, they really like Mexicans. That they there's do. A real, yeah, that there's they, a real... They do like Mexicans. Yeah. And that, that they're kind, some people are kind of afraid to go there, but, but they, they like Mexicans. Right. And you know that during the Spanish Civil War, many of the, the people who left uh, I guess they were called Republicans who left uh, Spain, ended up in Mexico. Right. And so right. I think there's also that connection there. That uh, too, yes. I, I've met many Mexicans who are the the grandchildren or even the children. Right. Of some right. of those people who came uh, 90 years ago, or however long it was. Well, tell us what's your next article going to be, so we can start planning. <laughs> well, I'm working on several. Uh, you know the ongoing immigration stuff. I'm also working on an article about a trip, my last trip to Mexico, and uh, which was, you know, last December. But uh, oh, just I'm always watching out for new things that are going to happen. Well, you keep us posted, and we appreciate that. You send me the article, and I really, I really appreciate that. And every time I see one of your articles, I just kind of look at the calendar and say, where can we get Alan back? Because <laughs> it's a lot of fun to to, to have you back and enjoying uh, enjoying things. Well, Alan, have a great evening, and thank you so much for your time. And uh, as always, it's a great honor and a great pleasure to chat with you, as always. And we've been, my gosh, we've been chatting a long time. Which That's right. Mean, what What's new about it is actually looking at each other. That's, well, that's it. That's it. For all those years, we could hear each other, but now we... <laughs> We can actually right. see each other and, and see what the other guy looks like. You know, it's kind of funny yeah. how that how that works. Well, thank you so much, Alan. It's really great well, to have you. you. And we'll uh, we'll do it again. Uh, our good friend, uh, Alan Wall, uh, blogger, political commentator, always had a lot of fun chatting with Alan whenever 
we got started years ago and uh and we've been chatting often since uh, a lot about mexico and here he just took a trip to spain and he writes a lot about immigration in the united states which is another topic that we often chat about thank you for listening this is uh, silvio canto in dallas and we'll talk to you later bye-bye everybody <laughs>